spidey senses tingling. Hello. Hello, everyone. Papercake14. Just to let you know, there's been a lot of hubbub on the Twitter since the last episode. We are all still friends. It was, we we uh, did not stop being friends over the last episode. It was heated. I'm not going to lie to you. It was, but um, it was, it's all in good comic, roundtable, fun. Review us on iTunes. Last, yeah, last like I would never unfollow any of you. Yeah, that would just be... Because of anything said. Be weird. I love each and every one of you. Paper Keg... Like brothers. ...podcast, where we discuss industry news... Uh, we talk about the books we're reading, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's, uh, and then we we get into a book club, you know, and we get to your letters. I love the letters segment, the letter sounder. We're it's, planning to do a live one, July tenth. Come and be a part. The letters are so good, just to know that people are listening. You know what I mean? And oh. when we do the live letter sounder, July tenth. Where are we going to be doing the live sounder on July 10th? The Ramada by the airport. Something going on down there? We'll get into it. Oh, okay. uh, oh. With us this week, papercake.com, check it out. Podcast bad boy. Internet celebrity Dale underscore A. Thanks for being here. It's a, it's great to be here. I just think I like to speak for everyone when I say, you know, if it's a bad boy image that I'm portraying. No, it's not. That's absolutely right. You, you know, are you, a bad boy. Your thoughts on Mark Bagley on Volume 1 were scandalous last week. My my thoughts were garbage, apparently. <laughs> no, his art was garbage. It was. Uh, writer. Um, writer. That's, he's a writer. Jonesy Writes. loves beer. Jonesy for short. Jonesy, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me at Slim on the Twitter. I appreciate this opportunity to get mocked and uh, to be wrong about everything. Thank you. And have your self-esteem lowered. Don't forget that. That's why I come here every week. (laughs) That's why I have you here every (laughs) week. Uh, He's been called the DC historian. Uh, He and I got a little heated last week when talking about the trash heap that is Mark Bagley's art in Spider-Man Ultimate Volume 1. Your unfounded comments. He's just finding his footing. He's just finding his footing. His unfounded comments about Bagley's art has earned me the moniker of Paper Keg Angry Black Man <laughs> from Jones and Lips Beer. It was only good fun. Can I introduce you as that in every show? Just or would that, be out of, would that be inappropriate? Can That's... I get a slash DC I... historian? Yeah, I've never had heard this part of the intro uh, since we say... started the show. Paper keg ABM. <laughs> ABM slash DC, DC historian. historian. I'm, I'm fine I'm with that. I'm in. Noted ABM <laughs> slash. So this show, uh, our book club is Cowboy Ninja Viking by Image Comics. Save for the show. We'll get into it later. We all read it. Fantastic book, but we'll get into Mark it. Mark had a whole week to read it. Mark is not an image comics historian, I'll say that much. Let's just talk about that. Um, I like Savage Dragon. Let's let's get into the news right now. You know, we all read uh, the comic books. We yeah. read trades. We read singles. Mark's boy, Dan Didio, you know, uh, he's doing these road shows, talking with the retailers. He's telling retailers they're not going to be writing for the trade anymore. They're writing. They're going to just let the writer do whatever length of story, you know, two issue, one issue, three issue. Uh, they're not writing for the trade. So if they do a two issue and then a three, they'll combine those two arcs into one trade. You know, let me say this. Is it just as solid as him saying he was going to hold the line at two ninety nine in New York last year? I think they did. And then a month later... Released a three ninety nine book. Come on, you know what? It's an event. Come on. It's an event book. I don't care. In the in line is a line. The line boy. doesn't have a bell curve. Can we hear from uh, the Cop Podcast Bad Boy? I'm taking it, Bad Boy, in, right now, son. In Dedio's defense, um, I think the PR on that was not every book was going to be two ninety nine. But you know, I'm just Jeff I'm just Johns speaking. stood on a stage, flipped through his little PowerPoint to the hold the line. And promised me individually oh, that the, the the line would be held. He did, and then you know what he did? 
He pulled down his peas and asked on my face. Because he was a liar. And he's of German. Their, 98% of their books are two ninety nine. so Gen Z's point yeah. is moot. So let's ignore Gen Z right now, right. and we will continue with uh, Dale's point. Well, Slim, you forgot that what Jonesy was talking about is a fact, which means we can instantaneously negate it <laughs> due to its inaccuracy. Uh, I am Jonesy's beer, and I do approve that message. Except, <laughs> except the essence on the face part, but yeah, we don't condemn. I actually that. paid him to do that. We were all there for that, weren't we, boys? What's shocking about this announcement? <laughs> we were all there for his. Continue. F-getting. Moving on. <laughs> Just keep going. What's shocking about this announcement, I'm trying to say with a straight face, mm-hmm. is that this is, in fact, news. I mean, the industry, at least some fans, have been begging for writers to just tell two-issue stories, three-issue stories, stop padding their issues. And so when DiDio claims to give the reader what he wants, people are opposing it. I know we, I know fanboys kind of tend to... I'm not. I'm not opposing it. I, I want them to go back yeah. to the old detective comics, one, two, detective story, mystery. You know what? I read some angry letter columns from people on the internet saying, that's BS, it's crap. Well, there's there's always whiny babies this is true. on the internet. They, they don't hate everything. You know, they don't, Fanboy nation. You know, they're upset with only, you know, three, four women being on the JLA and only one black guy. You know, they need the whole team to be midgets, you know, with, you know, speech impediments they need everyone to be represented. Seeing eye dogs. Yeah, How do you go from on. black to midgets? And You're right. I'm back? sorry. Uh, little yeah. people. Well, they're mad that their moms <laughs> are, are only bringing up two chocolate chip cookies instead of three. Little people are garbage. Ready, ready Can we all agree on that right now, Slim? <laughs> I was trying to steer it away. Did anybody recognize the point that I was trying to steer that away? <laughs> Bottom line. <laughs> Slim's keep dying it together. Over here. Keep it together. <laughs> Let's keep going. Jonesy and I were talking a, a couple issues ago. We were talking to the, the listeners, not just each other all the time, because we're friends. And uh, I think it, it's great that he's, if they can say this and they can actually push push it through to where not every uh, story, not every title is written for a trade. That's amazing. Do it. I'd support that 100%. It's a good thing through and through. I am down. Uh, I think it's great. You know, I hope they still do it. You know, one of the one of my favorite writers, he does it. Who's that? Brubaker. Thrown out oh, there. Yeah, he writes for the trade. The Brubaker. Mental high five. Uh, I love his stuff, but uh, he does write for the trade. Let's be honest here. Yeah, he does. Every now and then. Or, no, or I'd say in recent memory. Or uh, does the man make him write for the trade? That is a great point. Let's mm. see what he can do with two issues, one uh, issue. Hang on. I mean. Uh, Gotham I think... Central he did. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. Go no ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Gotham Central he had six issues, four issue, two issue arcs. Back when I'm he talking. was doing his DC days six, yeah. seven years ago. I don't know, but I think his his strengths are the eight-issue layered mystery arcs where he can give a little, give a little, give a little build up. I think that's his strength as a writer anyway. Okay. So, uh, like, writers like that, I would prefer, please write for a trade. Writers like Bendis, who are, you know, just universally mouthy and love to just spill dialogue on the page make him write a two-issue arc, and I think he, you know, you'll see his strength come out. That's what I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, said, yeah, you're on point, as usual. Opinions uh, right with, with facts wrong. Got with it. With your opinions. Um, I'm going to change gears. Please do. You know, as you know, I grew up a Marvel fan boy. You know, I, I love the X-Men. Spidey. Wolverine, number one. Snick. No, I noticed I noticed something earth shattering oh. recently. Oh, what are you telling us? Break right it now? down for us. Uh, you know, I read uh, the digital comics. I prefer to buy digital. I was in the image app looking for new books, and I uh, realized that I buy an astonishing amount of monthly image comic books. Really? And oh. I realized that I buy more monthly from image comics than any other publisher. Get out! Wow. No, I'm not going to get out. I'll, I'm going to keep talking. Name me some titles. I got a list here for you. I, I wrote it down. All right. Chew, Intrepids, Walking Dead, Invincible, Lil Depressed Boy, Screamland, Reed Gunther, Turf, Who is Jake Ellis, Sweets. Those are monthly books. Jeez. Oh, my God, man. Holy S. I, just, they, I just prelude to schism to my pants over here. <laughs> uh, now, these might be miniseries, but these are books that come out on a monthly basis. Turf just ended. Uh, I have the books in the app waiting to be read. You know, you got you to plan out at night. To read turf. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about Bendis being mouthy? Holy smokes! Um, 
more ima- I buy more more image books than any other publisher combined. Marvel and DC combined. Does that make them your favorite? Your favorite? That's crazy. Book? I uh, I have an article coming out, stage in the dot com, discussing it. But I these are books that I want to read. You know, you know, I don't want to read some garbage. You know, Doctor Strange miniseries. Who cares about Doctor Strange? I want to get something new. You know, give me something to read. You know what I th- and you know what you're absolutely right as far as and it, with Marvel and DC superhero books are their main you know their main meal that's what you're going in there for mm-hmm. you can always catch up on them you don't have to keep up with them it's almost like you as much as you would want to you don't need to yeah you know what i mean like you could maybe pay attention to the events every visit them every once in a while but you're right it's, those image books that you named i mean they're compelling mm-hmm. that even with the superhero book Invincible or something like that, there's never not a month that you don't want to just check it out. You don't want to wait for the trade or or you know, just pop back in. And maybe because everything is so young and fresh, uh, you know, you feel like you don't have that much to catch up on. Right. Or or uh, yeah, these are like relaunches every month, like the Halcyon book. You know, that's brand yeah. new. You can hop in with the number one the issue. First issue is free. See, uh, Invincible number one is free in the app. I love Invincible. Um, it's amazing. Screamland. Uh, is that good? It's yes. really good, Mark. I started off with the MTV motion comic on no. iTunes. What are you, what are you what doing right now? I had a cross-country flight. I never read it. I thought, so, oh, maybe I'll watch the TV show. You could have uh, wrote an article for the website you contribute to. I did. Did you not see my article from last week? <laughs> the one article from two weeks ago? I got nine comics. Uh, did you get? Screamland image comics. You know, just a, a book that Marvel would never do. Uh, it's, I'm going to get into it later. It's about a book, uh, you know, washed, uh, in this world, uh, the monster movies were real monsters. Um, and they're getting pushed to the side because these young emo kids in the Twilight movies are getting all the deals. You know, wow. these, like I know that that's not Marvel's job to do books like this because they don't, because what creator is going to come to Marvel and sign over the rights to these, this idea to Marvel? Yeah, that's um, true. And I guess maybe I'm just at a point in my life, you know, I'm a father. Uh, I got a young six-month-old gorgeous boy. You know, I'm, I'm at a point in my life, I want something new, you know? I'm going to buy Wolverine monthly. Sure, I'm going to get X-Men when that relaunches. But, uh, you know, give me, some, give me something to read. You're absolutely right, and I think you're, you're definitely on to something. I think if everybody took a look on their insides, got personal for a second, mm-hmm. what are they reading? I mean, That's the good question. The fact that we started this show and the comics podcast last summer, you know, back when we all became friends because we're friends. <laughs> I mean, the, the the stuff that we're reading just for the show has opened our eyes up so much. I agree. To Sweet Tooth. I mean, the list goes on. I agree. I think just being in this group, the four of us, has broadened my horizons about what I read and what I enjoy and even like what I perceive the nature of comics to be. I mean, I wasn't. Uh, uh, I couldn't tell you anything about continuity, uh, you know, a year ago. Then I meet, you know, Mark Farrington. Now I couldn't tell you anything about indie books, so why would I even read them? And then, you know, then I pick Slim's brain, and then, you know, I wouldn't even remotely read anything off the beaten path. And then, you know, Dale says, "Well, check this out." I mean, mm-hmm. this has probably been one of the best experiences of my life. Yes, yeah. now can we hug? Can we all hug? Right now? You know what? This <laughs> is the exact <laughs> yeah. opposite. Of this needed. is the exact opposite. Exact opposite. That's <laughs> one of the things I love about Marvel, though. I mean, they will throw damn near any concept at the wall and see if it fits. Like a Hawkeye miniseries, you got it. A six-issue run about young teen heroes who are one of them's experimenting on drugs. Eh, let's give it a whirl. Yeah, I mean, DC the, doesn't really do that. Every so often, you get a you get a runaways, you know, or uh, a what have you. Yeah. Um, but uh, Morning Glories is another Image book. You know, oh, we talked right. about that a few weeks ago. Image is putting out the books Love I want Morning to Glories. read. It's a um, renaissance. Yeah, absolutely. I'm getting into it. I'm, a, I'm in the midst of a comic renaissance. Who yeah. put out the Mark Millar book about six to eight months ago? It was kind of the anti-Batman. It was the guy in the white suit. Nemesis. 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 That was a Marvel icon, I think. Yeah. Oh, that was an icon? Was I icon? thought that was Image, too. I believe no, that was it an definitely icon. was an image. Oh, okay. Um, you know, but that's where I am in my life. I wanted to share that with everyone. I want everyone to try new books, especially create your own. What's really interesting to me is hearing about your taste as you get older, or excuse me, as James gets older, your son, because I'm curious as to if you're going to start switching back to maybe some of the younger titles just so you'll have something to read with them. 
I definitely notice your taste change now mm-hmm. that you're a father. Absolutely. You look at things different. I do. I see things uh, a little differently. Yeah. Uh, Dale, I know you do podcasts. You're not just a podcast bad boy. You're a podcast father. I'm podcast. I'm a I'm a pod father, and uh, you know, you gotta. You know, I put on this persona, but I'm a dad. I love my son. And uh You love little people too. I love, you know? I love little people. You know, they're not garbage. I was kidding about that. <laughs> You're the podcast bad boy, but the real life nice guy. And it shines right, yeah, it's, through. It's all for the humor the Absolutely. Humor you know, this is all facade. We don't even read comics. This is all a bit. Little fun fact about Dale underscore A, he's the only guy I know when we're all emailing each other, insulting one another in chains. He's the one throwing out compliments. Like, I like that article, buddy. I thought it was good. Like, We're all going to favorite that email. <laughs> if, if you could fave emails, I'm we would, be, we would email. be faving emails up in our faces. It cracks mm-hmm. me up. Let's, um, you know, this is the segment where we talk about what we're reading, you know, month, uh, week to week. We try new things, you know. We do. We're bi readers. We like to experiment. <laughs> uh, you try anything once. It's my, my motto. What's not to love? Um, so let's get into it. Mark. He tried to say. He pointed to me. Look at it, Dale. Mark, what are you? What are you reading? You know, what do you want to talk about right now? You know what I love to talk about? Fables one hundred six. Fables Vertigo book. Loving it. I've heard of it. It's fantastic. Have we done it on the show yet? Uh, no. Yeah. On the old comics podcast. Yeah, the old old podcast. Anyway, Fables one hundred six. It jumps into a battle between Mister North and Mister Dark. Uh, Mr. North is the North Wind of comic legend versus Mr. Dark, who is a made-up villain. Uh, this battle has been going on with Mr. Dark as a subplot since about the late 80s. It was the premise of their 100-issue anniversary uh, issue. And so there has been a lot of build-up and a lot of tension around this encounter. So having gone into this, I'm a little exhausted with the villain Mr. Dark. He has driven the residents of Fabletown out of Fabletown. He's driven them from the farm. They are in the Frog Prince's Kingdom of Haven, and the walls are crashing down. Epic battle. A little disappointed because, again, this subplot that's been going on for 18 issues kind of ended in the first three or four pages. Mm. It kind mm. of, I was promised an epic fight. It went out on a whimper, and the rest of the issue was kind of dealing with the character's reaction to the epilogue and setting up the future story arcs. It was good. Willingham hasn't really let me down on this title until then. I was hoping for more bang for my buck. Does that uh, Has that book had the same creative team for all the issues or different artists? Different artists. Same writer, different artists. Uh, now, I know uh, Morning Glories, the, that art, that writer has said that he has a definitive beginning and end. Was, was Fables like that? Did he say, you know, I have 100 issues planned or was it all just kind of different stuff from beginning to end? I don't think so. I think it's been one, con- or I think Bill Willingham has said that it's, he's planning to go ongoing. I know the spinoff book, Jack of Fables, had a definitive beginning and end with issue number one and 50. Hmm. This has been one continuing story arc after another, so they'll conclude a story arc and build upon it, and the resolution of the previous story arc is the next story arc status quo, as it should be. Hmm. So, it's a very interesting ongoing book. Highly recommend it. I know uh, at Mary Sale is a big Fables fan. Shout out to her. She's the one who got me into it. Resident, uh, speaking of shout outs, uh, super fan at Beth Corto on oh, yeah. the Twitter. Check Special her out. Shout out. She only listens when she's mentioned. So there How you go. going to know she's mentioned if she's not listening? Uh, that's a good question. You mm. just got into some paradox level stuff. She'll be uh, converting that MP3 to a, a wave file for <laughs> CD player in the car and uh, listening. Check it out. Uh, at Jonesy Loves Beer, he is the resident writer. You know, you're putting together a comic book That's with fair. fantastic cover artist for the show, Brad Heitmeyer. Love that guy. Great hair. Beautiful he, hair. he is a dreamy guy. We got so issue, polite, we too. We got issue number one in the can. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah. In the can? Art in the can. Well, uh, we, we have the issue written. Oh, okay. We editorial, right. we've agreed that it's the final draft. Nice. So now begins, you know, the first small step in a long journey. Long. Good luck. <clears throat> That's great. No, it's, it's tough when you have full-time jobs when we're going to comic. But we'll be talking about your comic in a, yeah. in a little while. Yeah, Maybe. Brad, we make it work. I hope we review it kindly when we want and we make it a book club. Chances are you won't. <laughs> we will. <laughs> I'm putting the underscore Hey, hey, that. I'm putting it out right now. You know, part of the reason I love Paper Cake is we don't always give a kind review. We give a real review. And I would expect nothing less of you gentlemen when you read my book. I appreciate that. We don't bash. Thank I you. mean, some people might call art garbage on occasion. 
Some people <laughs> might not know what they're talking about, but you know, some, po- critiques some podcasts hold back. We keep it real. And as part of my vision for this show and website, I don't want people to hold back. You know, I wasn't talking about. I you. don't want to be handcuffed into being friends with creators. Okay, one hundred percent agree. Can't they just like us for our own merits? Yeah, you know, I hope they do. What happens if uh, we become friends with Mark Bagley on the Twitter? You know, he follows me. Am I gonna be afraid to, to say, you know, Mark? I'm gonna, I hate to break it to you, buddy. Right. But were you drawing with your right foot, <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis? You, you put a foot in my behind every week for not having an article out, and I thought we were friends. Moving on, Jonesy, what are you <laughs> reading right now? So Wolverine 11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this issue uh, chronicles another member of the Red Right Hand. You remember Wolverine 10, uh, one of the old men, the pseudo-leader of the group. We see his backstory. Now Wolverine, Wolverine 11, we see uh, another young lady or an old lady in this issue. And we, uh, we really see that Wolverine was a bastard in his time as a... Uh, you know, Team X member, him and Sabretooth would pal around and mm-hmm. terrorize people. And not only would they just murder them, they would make sure they were mentally destroyed before <laughs> they were murdered. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Jason Aaron's writing, I mean, how else would you do a cult about killing Wolverine and make it, you know, read well? Okay, why don't we tell an origin story each episode about all these people? Brilliant. Hmm. Brilliant. <laughs> One of my favorite pages in the book is Wolverine is fighting another, you know, genetic uh villain thrown his way to to basically just entice him to keep going after the red right hand. Uh he breaks into part of their citadel and sees time capsules about each stage of his life. Whoa. There's the Mid nineties, uh, New Mutants uniform where he where all the New Mutants wore the blue and yellow, blue and gold costume. There's uh, the severed head of Sabretooth. There's the original, you know, Wolverine mask with the small scallops. Yeah, that was a great. That's a Wolverine fan. I yeah, uh, I had the ton of Easter eggs. I had to just keep it keep it keep it under control. Yeah, and that's man. He uh, he got a. He got priest, a little H- HD in his P. So yeah. um, at the end of this issue, the reveal, spoilers, is that there is an infiltrator in this group in the red right hand. Ooh. And only this infiltrator really knows how to stop Wolverine. This infiltrator's name, Dakin. Dun, dun, dun. So uh, I hate Dakin. I don't I, <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Okay, <laughs> I don't know why Jason Aaron, unless he was forced by editorial to add this character, or maybe he read Daniel Way's run on Dakin and was so mad he decided to redeem the character himself. There's right. even a dig in the issue that could have been a it could have been a jab at that the Wolverine the best there is series. Did you catch that? Which, which line? What are you talking about? Um, is that still was it? Being was published? it this panel right here? No, because was... I thought that was like. No, it was the one where he's fighting the chick, um, and he she says uh, she makes a, j- a joke about haircut because he accidentally oh, cuts yeah. her hair. Yeah, right. And he's like, "Oh, you should don't st- don't become a hairdresser or stick to your day job, something like that. It's not your style." Uh, at Mandy Boo pointed that one out. Actually, the Raza did too. Yeah, well, you know, uh, one. one thing I I read on my comic list on the Twitter. You know, mm-hmm. I try to keep it on the pulse. Of comics. It's a list. It's listed. Um, check it out. Uh, David Uzimari, I think he's, his, his name is. He writes for Comics Alliance. Uzimari. Is it? I don't know. Um, he pointed out Uzumari. that Grant Morrison's Batman is very similar to Wolverine's, uh, The Wolverine by Jason Aaron. Really? Um, you know, to the core of the character. And I, you know, I noticed it a little bit too is that, you know, as a Wolverine fan, this his writing is like a love letter to anyone that's been reading Wolverine for their, to their entire life. There's, there's little Easter eggs about characters that are like appeared in one panel and, you know, 20 years ago that I hate about Batman. What I hate about Marson's Batman, I love in Aaron's Wolverine. Mm. Especially Wolverine's trip through hell. And he like, that was just like Aaron's excuse to like dredge up everybody and be like, <laughs> Oh, well, goose here too. Yeah. It was, uh, uh-huh. I mean, Jason Aaron, I mean, is there a book where he doesn't hit a home run? I challenge you to find one. 
That's a good question. Don't find one. I don't, don't really don't, don't, spoil don't ruin you know, Mark's thinking. Mark's looking at me right scalped. now. I'm trying to avoid it. He's thinking of scalped right now. Black, I'm not going at, there. At Black Sun Patrol, check him out. I'm not going there. Paper cake thirteen. Dale, last week. Welcome back, Dale. It's good to be back. Paper keg fourteen. Another week. Another week. Another win for uh, internet celebrity. What are you reading? An image book. Get out of town. Let's talk about it. I'm very proud of you. Should we subtitle imaged? <laughs> imaged. Paper keg colon image. I don't know what a subtitle is, but is, it, <laughs> is that what I said? Yeah. Must be all those coronas that I had last week. <laughs> right. <laughs> Graveyard of Empires. Uh, I saw that book. I did see that. Yeah. It's interesting. Two ninety nine. Um most of the book, like seven eighths of the book, is a war story. Mm. An outpost in Afghanistan, uh, soldiers being soldiers, uh, <clears throat> they're worried about the locals because any one of them could be a suicide bomber. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the soldiers are D-bags, just like real life. It's pretty hard-hitting, gritty, gritty war story where, uh, you know, these guys are stuck in an outpost. They get a new uh, CO come out, uh, is in charge of everything. And uh, he's possibly making the wrong decisions. They can get these guys killed. Mm-hmm. So uh, they talk about a possible coup. And uh, a couple of guys are like, look, if you just do this, nobody knows it's friendly fire. You know what I mean? Because we don't want to die. We don't want to get killed. Um, so it's very gritty as far as that goes. I mean, one guy's got like a drug problem. They show him like sh- they show panels of these guys, what they're doing in their downtime. One guy's like shooting up, and uh, you know it's that's, that's war. War is hell, Dale. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very real life. That's what music tells me. And then the, <laughs> and then the uh, whole concept gets turned on its ear because as you're reading the book, uh, there's a countdown to Z minus, Z minus two days and counting or whatever. The last page, uh, one of the suicide bombers that they had actually killed before the bomb was able to go off, rises from his grave. And uh, that day, it's like what? Z minus Z countdown over. I, don't, I forget what it says. So you think it's about zombies? And it's about it's a zombie. Yeah, it army. is. What was it? Like I was, I was totally blown away, and I was angry at first because it, it was such a good war story. But I'm open to it. I'm accepting of it. It's a uh, it's something that really hasn't been done before. Yeah, that's written by uh, Mark Sable. Yep. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know where I first heard about him was on the Meltcast podcast. Oh, really? He, he had done. Um, I think a Spider-Man miniseries with Craven, I think. And he was on a talk about it, very open about the industry. So I was like, yeah, this is, you know, you know, this is a good, good dude. You know, he's, he's telling some backstory about, like, problems he had with stories with the editor that they sent back. He had to make changes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I paged through this, but I want to wait until it, it's on the Image app. I want to get it, you know, in the digital app. So I hope it comes out soon in the app. Yeah, there's a and the last page is a, is a nice one. There's a blog post page that I I just have a man on for it. These guys just talking about, uh, you know, the process and and their beliefs. It's a creator owned book, you know, support the book. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, it's called and it's funny they call it Graveyard of Empires because that's what Afghanistan is referred to because so many uh, civilizations have come in, taken over, and you know, fallen by the wayside. There's so much bone and, you know rubble and death there that uh it's got some possibilities for nice. some crazy stuff he's on the tumblr check him out mark sable i might uh i might pick up this book based on a recommendation yeah. nice. check it out um slim S- screamland another image comic image um you know this book I'd, i hadn't heard about it except for uh someone on the twitter at chris or not no, at the is chris sims he writes for comics alliance uh, he's got a great sense of humor you know, oh. what's so his at name? Uh, at the Isb. Just Google Tweet it. that too. You'll, you'll you? figure it out. Yeah, he uh, he recommended you know if you missed it in print, check out Screamland. I, I hopped into the app, uh, read the bio. It's a it's a it's a book about um, what if the monster movies like uh, Wolfman, Frankenstein, The Invisible Man. These were all real people, you know, real monsters in present day. Um, but as the years went by, the Tastes of the moviegoer changed, and they wanted to see the movies with these emo kids like Twilight. So now all these characters that were in these horror movies 
are like retired and looking for work. Like they can't get work. Like the Wolfman character is kind of like a Ron Jeremy esque schlub. You know, he can't get a job, so he's like commiserating at the bar at this Comic Con where they're like you know signing autographs nice. and stuff. Oh wow! Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, the 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 issue of the first the first part is the Invisible Man uh, is saying that he has a tape from the 70s where they like filmed them all in like this big orgy and he was going to like show it <laughs> in like one of the rooms as like a, at a panel at this comic con and uh the the issue builds up like wolf fans like oh, you know he's he's like losing his mind because he didn't think he did that well at the orgy so he wants there so he's like <laughs> so he's trying to like get everyone together and be all like riled up about this and something happens at the panel uh that leads into the the first overall arc awesome book dollar 99 was it a comedy yeah, it's like a. It's not like a you know an action comic book. It's just like this. Uh, I don't know how to explain the art because like I, I can't tell if cartoony is like an insult to an artist, but it's just like a fun. I don't think so. Like if you, anyone had read Reed Gunther, did anyone pick that up after I talked about it last week? I don't think. Um, but it's not it like I don't know. It's not what I what when you tell people about a comic book, it's just kind of like. Um, I don't know. This is it's just a fun book. Okay. You know, it's a fun comic book. Um, highly recommend it. Deal me in. Get it. Uh, I got news for you. We're running out of time. We got to get an old lightning round. Do <laughs> it. Mark looks pissed. Good grief. <laughs> no, no, DC just... historian Mark Farrington at Farrington says in the Twitter. What do you got for us? Mm. Show us. I went mainstream. Uh, went back to DC. Did Flashpoint. Uh, reverse Flash number one. Oh God. I had to see. All right, next. Uh, <laughs> no, Good lightning round. Good yeah. lightning round. What? I, I liked it. It was good. It told the backstory of the main villain of Flashpoint, the Flash's arch nemesis, Professor Zoom. It's basically a time travel story, time paradoxes. This guy who grew up 500 years in the future idolized Flash, wanted to be him, became him in the future, became evil version of him. Flash came in and stopped him, so now he be. He dedicates his life to eradicating his former hero. I like that uh, Zoom goes back in time to undo the Flash's origin. As he's halfway successful, Zoom starts to fade out, realizing that he can't undo his hero and still be alive in the future. He realizes that it won't work out, so he spends his life haunting and terrorizing the Flash throughout the past. Then he gets a brilliant idea. I'm going to make one really big change to him thus initiating what we know as Flashpoint. Mm. So it ends on a cliffhanger with what we believe to be the change that starts Flashpoint. Can, you, can, can you spoil it for us? What is it? Spoil me. Spoilers. Zoom runs up to the Flash's mother. Because he can run fast. He can run very and fast. And does it with her. No, we don't know. Inappropriate. Gotta wait till next month. Um, Throws a bone into it. So his mother is the catalyst for the DCU. Seemingly. She's, she's the mosquito. In, He's uh, his the, own in the ultimate uh, grandfather. Wow. Seemingly. But at the same time, too, there are other changes that didn't happen, so I I'm just, waiting to see what butterfly how flaps it's going to wings. We exactly. need to uh, put a wiki page for all of Jonesy's awful theories about comic books. <laughs> <laughs> that deserves a link right up there next to Pixel Keg. Let's I be mean, honest. That we someone someone I will pay someone to go back at the old episodes and just and just write them down. That's what the interns are for. Show in twenty bucks. Cash. We do need interns. Uh, Jonesy, lightning round. Ultimates versus Ultimate Avengers number five. Barf. Did you finish um, that? Yes, I did. <laughs> Let's talk about how terrible this issue is. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. We, we all knew when they introduced Tony Stark's secret blonde twin brother that he was going to be a villain. So let's spend about 40 issues just cementing that fact right there. Right. And then when all is lost... The Ultimates secretly have been taking the Hulk serum the entire time they've been around mm. and have been waiting for just this one moment to Hulk out. Oh, man. I threw the issue across <laughs> the room. That I was like, you've got to be effing that me. That does sound pretty absurd. And you know the the uh, Bleeding Cool Road story about that, how there was like the bait and switch. You know, that, was, that had the death of Spider-Man banner on that whole series, and I quit because I got so annoyed at it. There's... There's no point in having that banner on it. No. It's no. rarely that I compliment you on anything. On, well, you know. 
while we're recording, but you did the absolute right move bailing on this series. Thank you. Thank you. I just went uh, Flacido Domingo over I, here. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I bagelied this series. I jumped. I mean, if, think about it. All right. I'm the editor. I want to make Tony Stark have a secret twin brother. <laughs> we're going to make a blonde, and nobody will get it. That he's That's a regular continuity stuff. I mean, come on. Come on. And then everybody since oh, it'll be a big secret that since Ultimate's to issue one, everybody's been secretly, you know, dropping this serum. Wait, really? They uh, said since the first issue they've been doping it up? It was heavily implied. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of your theories we're talking about here. <laughs> Let's this go is, back and reread those issues together. Let's in, not. In Jonesy's let's defense, not. this is a confirmed fact. See? Mm. See? I'm yeah. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Underdog keeps on dogging. Yeah, exactly. Do it up. All right, I'm done. Right. Get it Get it ready here. Uh, Dale underscore A on the Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. Hellboy the Hellboy. Fury. Mm. All right. This was getting rave reviews on the internet. Great. Great reviews. Mike Mignola. On, uh, you know, writing chops. Right. But uh, Duncan Fecredo like on the for, art. I like your pronunciation on that. The art is, it might be better than Mignola. Wow. Like, it is good. And uh, not to slight uh, just the artist, but the colorist, uh, Dave Stewart. Um, Dave Stewart kills it on color. Yeah, the the tone of the book is just—it's a great book. And uh, like uh, we were always, we're always praising Hellboy. This is a three-issue arc. They tell you right off the bat. Mm, love it. It's not Hellboy issue one hundred three. It's it's the Fury one hundred three. I'll, I'll bet you a dollar it is the donuts. There's probably some you know page two page intro to yep. to get you into what's going on. Right? Yeah, it catches you, you up on what happened. Something about King Arthur. Knock knock. DC, can you hear that? Marvel, huh? Hello, there you go. McFly. Right there. Yep. <laughs> uh, pick it up. It's great. I like your lightning Got it from the uh, LCS. It was very lightning. Local stop. comic shop. Uh, what is your local comic shop, uh, Dale? Comic shop is the comic book shop in Wilmington, Delaware. There you go. Great uh, great crew over there. I, I don't get any more on the nose than that. That's right. Nice guys. Keep it there. honest. Nice, nice gang. Yeah. Nice family, right? Yep. You Young lady owns a shop. Young lady and her and her husband. She's good looking. She's good looking. Well, good. let's uh, good. Let's, let's move. Honest. Let's move on here. Uh, my <laughs> lightning round. The Intrepids. Love that book. I haven't read that in a long time. You know, I cut it's you, only four issues. Four months, maybe he hasn't read it. No, uh, that's a, that's an eternity in Mark time. DC historian. It is an eternity. He read 17 Flashpoint books in between then and now. It's newer than his aging timeline. Twitter, Twitter timeline. Let's be honest. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, snap. He is refreshing Twitter for iPad right now. The Intrepids, uh, you know, I caught some flack from Just Dave when he was on the show. God, God rest his soul. He's still alive, but he's just not on the show. Um, you just it's, uh, you know, it's, I, I think I called it the nerdy X-Men. You know, these team of scientists. Well, what was his beef? I remember that. Uh, he, he opposed my high recommendation on the book. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. Um, so this this arc, uh, you know, is almost wrapped up. Issue four deals with them questioning their mentor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but they're, they're, they're meeting up with his arch nemesis, you know, his Magneto character. Um, at this arc, so there. So I think it's a five issue arc that's going to wrap up the next issue. I'm excited to see where it goes. The the art design, really. I mean, just the steam. I mean, just to get back on the Just Dave thing, but just the steampunk elements and just the cool twist they have is enough for me to read the book. The art uh, is fantastic. Um, I don't know what it's like. It's Mike Mignola meets Darwin Cook. That is a right wild. there. Combination Bro, right picture there. it. What a beautiful baby boy. I can't. Yeah. I just stopped wow. thinking about that Suicide Girls issue that just, just Dave and I were talking about that issue. And <laughs> he started thinking hated, about the uh, Intrepids. He probably hated Baltimore to Plague Chips, too, just because it was oh, so that, great. What a great oh, book man. that was. Wasn't holy it, though? S- holy yeah. smokes. Um, speaking of comic books with uh, personality disorders, Cowboy Ninja Viking. Volume, Loved it. Volume one. Trade one. Uh, let's. Mar, uh, who wants to give a little little backstory on Cowboy Ninja Viking? Mark Image Book. As Jonesy is, loves beer. This is an image book. Uh, Jonesy, can you briefly describe uh, you know the the basis of this book to the non reader? Sure. Uh, Doctor, what was it? How do you pronounce that? 
Gislaine. Gislaine. Gislaine is uh, like a, a brilliant globe-trotting, super genius doctor. Um, some time ago, I'm not sure if they tell you the, how long it's been, he started um, taking these mental patients that he refers to as triplets, which are people with multiple personality disorders, and training them uh, how to kill. And he noticed because they were so unbalanced, they were almost the perfect assassin. You know, no, you know, conscious about or yeah, no conscious about it. Would just do it, and their you know their mental illness made them, you know, themselves weren't targets because they were crazy people. Um, the triplets he uh, trained are being manipulated by another force to do evil bidding. So he calls for the greatest triplet he has ever trained, Cowboy Ninja Viking. Duncan. Duncan, Duncan. if you will. Duncan Pendersmythe. Um, <laughs> not necessarily a part about the uh, synopsis, but each page, not each page, but each issue um, tells the story through the, th- through the eyes of these three personas. So every issue, you get kind of the insight of each of these personality factors. And one of the most ingenious parts about the book is it would be impossible to keep track of it, but each word balloon has a little design behind it so you know who the ninja, who the cowboy, and who the Viking is. Mm -hmm. Um, This book is nothing short of brilliant. Hmm. Wow. Slim, you're first. Heard it here first. Uh, We'll get back to me. Let's, uh, Dale, you're... You know, you, this is one of your suggestions. I know you. Uh, I think you maybe read the first issue ages ago, um, and, and it, it it sprung back to mind. Yeah, I remember uh, when the, uh, uh, pre- the previews came out for the first issue. I was highly intrigued. I actually never even got to read the first issue, but it was always out there on my periphery as something I wanted to catch up on. And what better way, better way to do that is as on paper keg because I find that the only comics sometimes I get to read for the week is for the show. So why not incorporate that? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, Lieberman and Rosso, the duo behind this book, if yes. I'm not incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Covers were phenomenal. Oh, phenomenal man. covers. They were like there was more color on the covers than there is in the book. There but is. the stance, the the uh, the gate, the stance of the cowboy ninja Viking Duncan. It's just amazing. I would I would hang these covers up on the wall. Uh-huh. Um, a little bit. Uh, I was a little bit back and forth at first. I was very confused, probably up until issue four. Absolutely agree with you. Um, but I don't think I'm. I've ever been so not upset about being confused after it finally came what, together. What were you confused about? If you don't mind me asking, um, where I, the where the a plot was everything going. Everything on every page. <laughs> um, not that bad, but almost that bad. I felt okay. like we were thrown in, into a, you know, a Agent Nix's uh, storyline in the very first panel, almost. Well, um, that was a big red herring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I lost track of who was who, and maybe it was because of the art a little bit. Um, I didn't know who was who, probably up until issue four but see that's why what i thought was so brilliant about the book is you almost felt like you were a little schizophrenic trying to read it hmm. i think he see, did that on purpose and this is why jonesy you, you see the other here. side of things mm-hmm. it's amazing because i don't i didn't see that yeah, i just sometimes felt sometimes the tone really gets me more than what's going on i just felt confused i felt very confused i but i really got a kick out of duncan uh greer which i think is a pretty hot name she is his ex-wife she is a i like to grind character. her careers she is a chef, good heavens, a sniper, and a a karate master. She's very attractive. I could say she yes. sounds like Mrs. Smith. How awesome was it that her word balloons had a little um, karate black belt title? Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Just the uh, the formulas for the different uh, triplets and their three personalities. I think the uh, writer Lieberman, the, mm-hmm. uh, he writes them so well. They all have distinct personalities. They all have different accents. Uh, they all have different, like, you can picture the cowboy saying these things. You know, he only knows two things, cards and guys playing cards. You know what I mean? Like, uh, And he he wants to know where all the whores are. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, that's, that said, I, I've never been so not upset when I got to the fifth issue. I feel like I had a great time reading the story, and I also felt like 
the story went nowhere in five issues. So it's a little. It was a little weird for me. Um, yeah. That, so so the the main arc was Duncan. They bring Duncan in after he kind of went AWOL, I guess you could say. Um, and they they team him up with uh, is it Nix? Yeah, Agent Nix. Agent, Agent Nix, who's three days away from being transferred. Um, and they need to track down this other triplet who's on the loose. And it it kind of reveals itself that the guy who was originally behind the program. Um, is had faked his own death and is putting together a army of triplets uh, to do his bidding, and then that's the that's 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 like the major overreaching yeah. arc. Um, Doctor Black, I think. My take on the book, like you. Um, very confusing. I was totally confused when I was reading the first few issues. Um, but like like Jonesy said, from his point of view, you know, maybe that was kind of to to put you in the mode of Duncan. Uh, yeah. The style is the art style is like unlike any other book I've ever read. Um, and the thing that I thought of was it was like a Tony Scott film on paper, you know, uh, Domino or Man hmm. on Fire. You know, the quick edits, you know, very dirty. You know, yeah, you're dirty. going from one place to another, and you have no idea where you are. Um, uh, but you're right. Towards the end of the arc, it did get a little clearer about what was happening. But I don't know if it's just that that style of art really kind of threw me for a loop where I was reading and I was I just felt like I was reading and I just still had no grasp of what was happening. Mm-hmm. But with no. that with that said, the um, the personality the multiple personality thing was very well done. You know, they had the the word balloons with the the symbols through them, so you knew what they were saying. And it was very, it was not unlike how Deadpool is in the Marvel universe. You know, he's got like three personalities, and they do they do it with different color boxes um, yeah, for yeah. his personalities. But I think this was way better than Deadpool is written in the Marvel universe. I agree. What when I was reading this, and uh, this is something I read in all one sitting. It, I was basically playing catch up. It was the last thing I was going to read for the show. And I, I foresaw myself struggling with it, but then I, I really, like, by issue two, like, I got it. Like, I got what the book mm. was about, and I really got into it. And the first four issues feel like, if I was a writer on this book, this is what it felt like to be happening. Like, he's in a room with a couple of buddies, and they're coming up with these weird different characters, and they're having fun for four issues. And then the editor runs down, and he's like, guys, you got to stop. You got <laughs> yeah, yeah. to take this somewhere. Right now. So, like, fine. There's a bad guy, and he's going to take a bunch of these people. Like, how much fun would it have been to, like, the four of us came up with this concept, and we're in a room and be like, all right, this guy's Jacques Cousteau. That's his main personality. Like, this book is just so much fun. Yeah, there was a lot of personalities thrown at you in the course of five issues where maybe, you know, they were all great, but I think maybe if they cut one or two scenes or segments where there was just like all what that one personality for like three pages i think maybe it would have cleaned up a bit better for me yeah very early on when they introduce um all the triplets at once like in the room when the roadie's talking about torn with Dokken and and stuff you kind of lose track of the faces and who's which one is the amish guy and the uh, the, the Doc and Roadie, like mm-hmm. it's uh, you lose, lose track of that. But jo- maybe Jonesy was right. Where the first four issues, if you can just pay just pay attention to the triplets and their characters within um, their their own persons, um, you know, there's not much storyline to go on. Issue four and five really clears that up. I think now with that out of the way, I can safely say that I will read this continuing on because I don't think it could ever be as confusing as the first four issues. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they got a lot out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. They sure, they sure as heck did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the art style kind of the, the, I love the art style, but the, the coloring kind of reminded me of the, um, the Parker book, the Darwin cook right. book, yeah. because like only certain things had a colored background to it. And it was, is really Jarring. unique. It, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it, it catches yeah, there, your eye. There's some beautiful. great, uh, like clear shots of Duncan where the art is like fantastic. And then there's other spots where it's almost like, uh, breakdowns or storyboards where there's like not a ton of detail. And then there's like a half panel or half page splash where it's like full on detail. And it looks great. Yeah, to, yeah. to me, those represented what people in those conditions, those mental conditions call like their moments of clarity. 
Like, it almost seemed to me there was, like, a tempo to the book that it, just when you thought that Duncan was absolutely 100%, you know, schizophrenic, he would have a moment where he would be together. And each time he had that moment, the art would be crisper. Hmm. And then as soon as he went back into his, you know, into the vaults of his own mind, that's when it would get jarring and, mm-hmm. and it would be all over the place again. And, you know, that's... Uh, Truth be told, not a lot of people could make that work, and these these two guys did it very well. Yeah, I think it makes us look like schlubs working on this. Yeah, book. absolutely. This here, guy's yeah. all deep and everything. Jensen uh, like wrote a thesis on uh, this book. I think. <laughs> Mark, your thoughts. I agree with everything you guys said. Mark and... is is still here. Uh, you know, Mark. Uh, he's not good with email. I'll say that uh, he's been getting better. It's kind of Blackberry, the workhorse. Of Didn't know we world. were going to review this book, right? So for, for you, this recording, they can't hear me, but I am just nodding in agreement with all you guys wishing that I read this book. Absolutely, uh, we would love to have you on the show to talk about, you know, what we're reading. Um, maybe next time. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Dale, take it away. Give me an extra you on that one. You. There it is. That was a great uh, break right there. I'm not gonna lie to you. We're I really, getting, I really we're hit ready it. for July the 10th when we all of us will sing it. Oh man, it's gonna be July epic. 10th. Be there. Uh, this is the segment letters at paperkeg.com. Email us. Uh, we most likely will read it on the show. Possibility. Not gonna lie to you. You've heard the stuff we read in the very beginning. I mean, yeah. If you see what we read, then we're probably gonna read it. Yeah, it could be crap, and we'll read it. Mark, it's a curse. You know I will. What do you you got this week? First one is from (laughs) is from a Mike saying, "Do you guys recall when and how you got into reading comic books?" I'm asking about the abbreviated story. Who, what books? Do you remember a detail that really captured your imagination? Oddly enough, I was not introduced as a kid. Hmm. Uh, I could pinpoint the moment if you want me to. I would like it. Um, the first issue was uh, for me, Amazing Spider-Man, and I can't remember the exact details like this email I asked for, but I remember my dad bought it for me at uh, the supermarket, and I, he let me read it. He let me take it out of the bag, so I and it was an issue where. There wasn't a big villain. There was a big fight, but I remember that a sky car in New York had stalled. Spider-Man rushes to get uh, his black suit out of the closet and leaps into the air and goes and saves these people. And, and like, being 10 years old, I was amazed. Like, it, the art was incredible, and I wish, I wish I still had that issue, but I know in my youth I probably tore it apart. Um, the only other issue that I remember that my father gave to me that really got me started collecting was an early issue of The Brave and the Bold, where Batman had teamed up with a little-known hero in DCU called Nemesis. Of course, not the Mark Millar resurrection that he did years later. Right. But it, uh, I still have it bagged and boarded at my house. You know, it's probably worth nothing, but to me, it's it's worth priceless. everything. Yep. It's priceless. That's great. Dale, uh, it's your earliest. <sighs> I'm trying to think. Um, I know, I don't remember the key moment, but I do remember walking to school, and it was the one-stop convenience store, and they had all uh, Spider-Man 2099 on the well, spinner yeah. rack. Wow. And that wow. is um, a very early memory because it started getting me into it, and uh, I won't forget that it had the red foil cover. I mean, it got me. You know, I was 12 or 13 at the time, so I guess I hold no blame, but... Uh, um, it was that, and also, it's really weird, but comic cards, which I really need to write an article about because I have such a love for that, but Marvel Masterpieces, mm. I, right co- I started collecting them way before I started collecting comics. The great Joe Lisko. Oh, man. Ring a bell anybody? Yes, it does. I remember that's how I first found out who U.S. Agent was, <laughs> thanks to comic cards. Marvel. I remember the uh, the Sentinel card used the word uh, inapplicable. Inapplicable. <laughs> yeah. I remember that being like the craziest word I've ever seen at that point. Um, I think Slim was twenty-four. Remember the uh, <laughs> still doesn't make any sense to me. I'll be honest. Can't even pronounce it. Remember uh, the uh, the variant cards, like the five hard to get. 
the hologram hologram oh, man like cards. spider spidey venom card and I they had, would sell them for like 25 bucks back then. people trade me lunches for those oh god slim your earliest um, memory the earliest memories i have are getting a executioner song on a spinner rack at pathmark oh, um nice. I don't know if that was the first, because I also remember reading... My brother was a huge collector. Uh, I remember reading his Spider-Man number one and on, the McFarlane run with the lizard. Oh, nice. nice. I mm-hmm. mean, that stuff. It's the stuff that you ages. can't see that kind of art. The, the, and that's why I love Shed, because Bocciolo, uh channeled McFarlane's art style from that arc, because it would start off with the lizard. It's so good. So it's got a little spot right there. In it your... does, and I think that's that could be why I loved it so much. But that that arc is so dark. That because McF- he wrote and drew that arc, some of the darkest Spider-Man stuff. I mean, you can find, it, but it's brilliant. Um, uh, Larry Hanna Wolverine run. I grew up on Larry mm-hmm. Hanna's Wolverine. Uh, some of the early the John Burns, like that's issue the like, the teens, the Wolverine eighteen. Man. I mean, that's that's what gets you in. We could talk about this for a whole We podcast. might have to do just a special one about what we got. Mark, what did you uh, grow up on? Uh, my favorite show as a kid was The Super Friends. I used to love that show. In every iteration, I would watch it. I mean, I'm sure I've got VHSs compiled of episodes from there. So when I got about five or six, my mom gave me some of her father's comics that were old Justice Leagues. We're talking issue numbers 20 and 30. And I started buying from there. Took a long break. 1991, I bought X-Men number one by Jim Lee. Mm, and I started reading that nice. because I was big into the X-Men animated series, the Marvel cards. Mm-hmm. And I took a break again. The Death of Superman hit when I was in fifth grade. 93, I bought the trade. Polybagged. Exactly. And to watch Superman get broken, I, wa- I read that. And when Superboy hit the scene, this little kid with all of Superman's powers and a leather jacket... I was sold hook, line, and yeah. sinker. Yeah, as much as people make fun of that, they, that probably brought a lot of new readers in. Absolutely. Thanks, so. Superboy. Yeah. Between that and X-Men number one, I don't know anybody who hasn't read that or owned it at one point. Yeah. And the, the return of the four Superman? Yeah. Come on. Oh, right with there the covers too. with the Superman logo cut out? Hell yeah. yeah. And you opened it, and it was the character and the chest. Oh, good lord. Good lord. Good lord. They knew what they were doing with that promotion. Oh, yeah. Do you guys remember the first book you can remember collecting for completion Super for boy. me was the gambit four issue miniseries back in the 90s oh yeah by lee weeks yeah. on art oh and my god yeah, that, was, yeah. that first miniseries was that was the, great was probably the only good game i, I remember Agreed. i remember waiting at brave new worlds so they open so i could wait for the ups guy so i get the variant covers on each of them why well, didn't know they had variant covers Do you they still did. have them yeah, I still have a bag to board at my house. Were, nice. they, were those the same colors, just different colors for like the the background? No, no. no the first issue had the the what was all black cover, and he was throwing the cards. Had yeah. a silver embossed version. Mm. Yeah, it was good. That that book. Oh man, what was his girlfriend's name? It wasn't uh, uh, Belladonna. 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 That is a great. Yeah, it, I mean, I don't. I haven't read it since then, but it could be yeah, trash. Could but be, could the be memories, awful, but the I, memories of that book are great. That, <laughs> that was like issue seven or eight because issue five was when they introduced Jim Lee's creation, Omega Red, in uh, in X Men. Oh yeah, in X Men. Yeah. And um, also, I was a huge fan of X Men the animated series and Batman the animated series. So I do have every issue starting from number one of X Men Adventures, mm. which was the adaptation of the show. And the Deanie Tim Batman adventures that they did themselves that ran for 30 issues. I have all those, too. You know, I used to get those X-Men Adventures comics because I love the covers. Yeah, they're great. But the art was different on the inside. I always used to get so pissed. The art was awful. Like the one cover where the two Gambits fight it out, when Mystique becomes Gambit. Oh, my God. Or when Rogue... Is uh is holding somebody up in the off panel? Oh man, I yeah I can remember uh, the um, my first one I tried to go to completion was uh, the saber tooth mini. Do you remember the oh, red co- the yeah. red die cut cover with a mm. it just said saber tooth on the front and you open the uh, one of the O's was cut out I think and it was like saber tooth and Wolverine fighting. And I, I just remember that for some reason. I also made sure I got every issue of Uncanny when um, Scott and Jean got married. And one of the best parts is where Sabretooth and Wolverine get in a fight in the snow. 
and Wolverine's got his tux on. Oh, and yeah. he's sitting there, and the calls come out, and the, the tux is all tattered. I was oh, so, yeah. as a young reader, young Wolverine fan, I was so pissed that Sabretooth was, like, taken in on the team, and Wolverine was off, like, doing his own thing in that title, and he was, like, barely in it. I was like, come on, Sabretooth stinks, where's Wolverine at? <laughs> oh, God, it was terrible. But uh, Do you remember the artist that did the painted covers, or some of them for the X-Men Adventures? He did a Wolverine cover. He did Wolverine... Um, it was the one where he uses his bone claws to go through Sabretooth's brain and starts that whole rehabilitation process. I want to say the Bradstreet uh, brothers, but it's not. I don't remember. No, I but I remember that about. run. Uh, what is it? Where's the intern? Can we get the intern on that? <laughs> the intern! Uh, but the, the, that was like that weird... It was when Kubert did it. And it was like Wolverine versus Sabretooth in the background had like their side profile faces looking at each other on opposite ends of the cover. I want to say Bradstreet, but it's, it's going to bug me. Man, that was a great letter. I mean... Yeah. I've collected Superboy and Kyle Rayner's version of Green Lantern to completion. Loved it. Yeah. Loved every minute of it. Man, I well, can't believe We ran out the letters, Sounder. <laughs> oh, just ended. That never <laughs> happens. What a topic. That could be the best Dude, email we've ever had. Agreed. Yeah. That's I favorited it. I don't even know. Should we even do another email after that? I the don't next know. two well, that I've got on the list are really short. Okay. All right, let's let's do it. Let me re the uh There we go. All right. We're ready to go. Next one up is from Nikki Bonds coming at me asking, Arkham City is the only DC I am following currently, and I'm looking to diversify my stock. So, Farrington, give me two titles I should definitely be following. Of mm. course you read this one. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call me out. I already got called out. Uh, Green Lantern, because it's been DC's flagship title since Jeff Johns relaunched it five years ago. And I'm going to go with Red Robin. Jonesy Loves Beer can back me up. You know, it's consistently yeah. good. Red Robin is one of the... the Probably for me the most consistent book in uh, in the DC right now because Green Lantern, as good as it is, it, it's all over the place. You got to follow a couple different books to find out what's going on. If you That's want true. a tale that you're going to be able to follow that doesn't have huge crossovers, Red Robin from start to finish is something you can just pick up every week. Self-contained action and drama, and and it's got great Easter eggs even if you're reading the rest of the DCU. Absolutely for another good two months. At least. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think you can get me started. Last one up is from Faithful Show follower Chris Miranda. Love that guy. Love him. Hey, guys. Love the show. Now that the solicits are out, which new DC number ones will Paper Keg be picking up? Ooh. I think we have an article in the works about that, don't we? From uh, Jurassic Alien started it. So, I mean, everybody's going to find out soon. For me, it's... Um, I'm definitely going to get Superman, Batman, JLA... Probably Green Lantern. I'm not sure. And I do want to pick up that Round Robin DC title, which was... Oh, yeah, DC pre Presents. DC, pre DC Comics Presents. I'm probably going to get that, too. Yeah, I think I'm going to get that. That's all I can name off the top of my head right now. I was serious about my mission statement a couple on the 9.1 episode. I really am going to read every number one title this in guy. that month. It's going to be hard. But um, the ones that I plan on following regularly, the Bat Books, Nightwing... Uh, Green Lantern, Justice League. Those are the ones that are screaming to me at the top of my head. I'll probably read Action Comics because it's Grant Morrison and George Perez's Superman title. Who's doing Detective? Uh, Scott Snyder? No. Scott, not Scott Snyder's Snyder. still on it? No, it's Tony no. Daniel. Yeah, he's Daniel. right. Scott Snyder's moving over to Batman Maine. Uh, I love Snyder's Ronald Detective. Yeah, which means I'm going to drop Detective as soon as Tony Daniel gets over no, there. I agree. Tony Daniel's trash. I wish they would have put... Uh, <laughs> I wish I they would have put Swarzynski on the detective because he does. A, he's an author. I think he's doing Birds of Prey. Dwayne Swarzynski. Yeah, you're right. But he does a lot of uh, novels, just noir novels, detective novels, and stuff. I think if he was on Detective Comics, it would have been pretty awesome. But all right, um, I love it when we all nerd out. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna get um, action, Superman, uh, Batman, Wonder Woman. I'm gonna try out Grifter. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, yeah, I might get Constantine too. Not to jump back in. Constantine, huh? Is it? Well, he's getting yeah. his own book. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, he's getting his own book. Mm. I don't know if they're going to call it Hellboys or Constantine. This list has come out for that yet. Yeah, I think that they're calling it Constantine. Yeah, I'm probably going to get that. I, li I like John Constantine. I loved Hellboyser. It was just so off the wall that I I really dug it. But uh, I do love Wildstorm, so I'm probably going to jump on Grifter. And if they do. Um, any Gears kind of, of War. Of, uh, Gears of War, sure. 
I hope I'm proved wrong, but the Wildstorm heroes have no place in the DCU proper. It doesn't fit. I hope they prove me wrong. I uh, uh, Someone just did a Eureka I, over there. I just uh, deduced the cover artist. It was actually Wolverine 90. You mean the intern deduced the, it. The uh, Hildebrandt. Oh, Brothers. man. Uh, naturally. That's why. Naturally. They are close. beautiful. They're, they're the best. By they, the way, Slim's iPad 2 is the intern. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I just actually it was it was Dale's. Let's let's call a spade a spade. I used Dale's iPad one, and I'm not gonna lie to you. That's the first time I touched an iPad one. Still got some juice left in it. Um, it felt really weird. Look for my picks on uh, on papercake.com. Oh wait, what do you? <laughs> <laughs> and he cues up the ending music. Dale, I, I no, still love okay. you. No, no, you know what? That's why people gotta t- tune in the website. Exactly. You know? Quick, cool. just do it real quick. July 10th. I'm going to use my time for that. Oh, PhiladelphiaComic-Con.com You know, always sacrifice them for the show, Dale. I love you. Dale, uh, love you. I feel he, like we really got back to our roots this episode. We did. He does He does it for the greater good. Dale. Podcast bad boy. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Mark, it was a pleasure being at Paper Kick North. Happy to have you guys. No fear of getting raped over here in oh Pennsylvania or oh Paper Tech North. You just can't stop, can you? Uh, that I hate New that. Jersey. We will see everyone <laughs> next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Anne.